Welcome to the Lifehouse Beloved podcast. We haven't uh, recorded for quite a while. Well, actually, we recorded this before and the recording just somehow bombed. So it's just Debbie and I tonight. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Debbie. Hello. <laughs> so from a very hot Brisbane. Okay, tonight we're going to start a series on Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34, the, the passage um, where Jesus talks about do not worry. So just as way of introduction, I'm just going to read a, a quote from Matthew Henry. There is scarcely any one sin against which our Lord Jesus more largely and earnestly warns his disciples or against which he arms them with more variety of arguments than the sin of disquieting, distracting, distrustful cares about the things of life, which are a bad sign that both the treasure and the heart are on the earth and therefore has he thus largely insists upon it. Here is the prohibition laid down. It is the counsel and command of the Lord Jesus that we take no thought about the things of this world. So Debbie, what one word would you use to describe what Matthew Henry refers to as the sin of disquieting, distracting, distrustful cares? Worry. (laughs) That's the only word I could come up with. (laughs) I came up with two. Worry and and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? But I love... No, I was just thinking worry and anxiety, you know, we, sometimes people don't often see them the same. They think, oh, no, I'm not worried about it, yeah, but I am just, anxious I'm about it. Anxious, so yeah. it is, yeah, just to put that in there, that it is the same thing. That's so, a good point. Yeah. Um, but I love the language that Matthew Henry uses, hey, the sin of disquieting, distracting, distrustful cares. I mean, to really see, it, you know, that's you exactly what it, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So is worry a sin? Yes, in short, I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, Romans fourteen twenty three. Now this verse is talking about eating food sacrificed to idols, but obviously it's still relevant, and well, especially the second half to what we're talking about now. Romans fourteen twenty three says, "But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat." And this is the part that's really you know shows us that worries us, and um, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin, and obviously sin is. You know, worry is the exact opposite, isn't of faith. It's where we're not trusting God or we, we've got doubts and it's the exact opposite of faith because we're relying or trusting on ourselves to try and solve the problem. And and that's what worry is. It's actually where you sit and you're trying to work out and go through in your own mind, um, you know, what you could do to solve the problem. And, yeah, and the actual, like, I looked up the actual meaning of worry and it means to feel or cause to feel anxious or troubled about actual or potential problems. Yeah, that's a big one, that <laughs> potential problems, isn't it? Because yeah. I often, I can't tell you how much time I have wasted and how much of my life I've wasted worrying about things that actually don't ever happen or materialise. I mean, that's such a waste, isn't it? Those two little words, what if? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Debbie, do you mind reading for us um, the, the text that we're going to be looking yeah. at, Matthew six twenty-five to 34? So it's entitled, Do Not Worry, (laughs) so in case you weren't sure. (laughs) Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God's clothes, God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love that last part, huh? Each day has enough trouble. So Jesus is not <laughs> saying that there does. won't be trouble. Yeah. He knows there will be. Yep. But, you know, he's saying don't worry about it. Trust in me. And, you know, he says in other verses as well that he's overcome the world. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to spend some time just going through these verses. Um, if we listen again to verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And, um, you know, if we look at that first word there in that verse, Jesus' first word is, Therefore mm. I tell you. Yep. And um, specifically that word, therefore. Because that word is it's a conjunction. It means now, nah, then, or according, or for this or that reason, consequently. And so... What we need to do is we have to look at what came above it because, you know, what came above is very important. And then Jesus is saying, therefore, because of this that mm. has come above, I'm telling you this not to worry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like saying um, those people have their umbrellas up, therefore it must be raining. So if we looked at the therefore it must be raining, we look at what comes before. And so let's look at, Debbie, what, what does verse 24 say, the verse that comes before the therefore? So verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one, hate the one, hate the one, yeah, and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one or dis and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I like that. So, so Jesus and then in verse 25 was drawing a conclusion to what he said in verse 24. Um, so he's saying no one can serve two masters. Either you're going to hate the one, love the other, or be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, do not worry. Um, that um, serving both God or money, that word money, mm. mammon, um, comes from the Syriac word which means gain. So it doesn't have to just be money. It can be anything. Um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's mammon, it's anything that we serve, it can be our stomach, it can be our sports, our hobbies, sleep, whatever, anything that competes with God for our affection and our attention. And so we can't have both in first place in our life because, as Jesus said in verse 24, then we're going to tend more to one and they are contrary to each other. And remember, whatever controls us is what rules us. And so Jesus is saying, therefore, you can't serve both, so don't worry about the things um, that you need money for because you can't serve that and God. So if serving God is your first master, is your master, and God's your master, then you won't need to be worried or anxious about these things. So I like it, you know, Jesus is sort of almost, you know, assuming like, right, you're going to serve God, therefore don't worry because you can't serve both anyway. So just, um, you know, trust God. What do you think about that? I, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, people often say, you know, the Bible isn't as relevant today is what it was back then and all the rest. But this this specifically shows that 
It totally is. You know, like, I mean, even like reading the word money in there, you know, like a lot of people will go, oh, you know, you think about all the things that or anything that we we put before God, you know, you need money for most of those things. You know, if you're you're looking after your body, you know, you need money to go to the gym or if you're looking after your, your, what you're eating, you know, you need money for that. You know, (laughs) like it was just, it's funny how it, well, it's not funny, but it's, you know, money is one of those things that is money attached to the all world the, go right. Well, <laughs> apparently. But, you know, just we either get caught up in money or how little or how much we're spending yep. or, or you know, something attached to that that we need it for. So, you know, I I just think it's a really good, I don't know, like a really good eye-opener just to go, oh, okay, yeah, no, this, this was written back then, but yeah. he knew that it would still translate and be – Totally relevant. And it's this because, many years later, <laughs> it's because it's really down to the heart, man, isn't it? And that doesn't ever change. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, all those things are the same. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun. All right. So yeah, you can't have it both ways. All right. Now, the definition of the word anxious or worry is um, in this particular passage is a combination of two smaller words, and it means to divide the mind. So how does worry divide the mind? Well, from a couple of verses that, that we have to, you know, you can look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, you know, being anxious, you know, is one of those things that you're going to, you're not, when you're anxious, like basically you're feeling worried and you're feeling scared or you're feeling fear. And fear is the only the Bible only talks about fearing one thing and that is God. Yep. And so, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, like it said, you know, we don't want to be focused on worrying about the things that we need, you know, when God will provide all those things. Yep. So it leaves us room to be able to focus on God. Um, also in verses 12 to 13, I know what it is to, sorry, 12 to 13 and 19 in Philippians. Um, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Again, you know. And and I like as well that, again, those verses are not, like Jesus is not saying there's not going to be things that, you know, him saying to you, do not be anxious, is an acknowledgement that there will come things that maybe would make you want to feel anxious and say, you know, and the same as when he spoke to Joshua and he said, do not fear, don't be afraid. He knew that he would possibly feel that and so... That, to me, that's encouraging as well. Yes, I'm not to indulge in that anxiety and going to sin, but he, he's not saying everything's going to be rosy and there won't be situations that arise, but he's giving you tools and, and you know, um, advice on what to do when we, that happens. You, you think about if we didn't have situations that arose where we had to trust in God, yeah. 
and we and everything him. was Rosie, yeah. then we would completely forget about him. Yeah, exactly. You know? and so to be also not develop any character. That's right. Yeah. And um, you know, and I love that. Just going back to what we, you know, that definition where it said to divide the mind. I mean, that's such an accurate um, definition, really, of what being anxious or worrying is. You know, you, it makes me think of your mind just jumping all over the place. It's unstable, and you're worried your thoughts are scattered and they jumpy because you're trying over and over in your head to come up with your own solution. Well, I've got a perfect example of that this morning. Yeah. I had to go to a, a um, hospital appointment, and the car park at this hospital is always full. And so I was like on the way out there, you know, doing the, please, God, can you get me a park, you know? And I'm driving around in the car park, and there's no parks, and I'm like starting to think, oh, maybe I'm not going to get a car park, I'm not going to be there on time. And then I'm like, no, no. God's got this, you know, yeah. and so I'm having that that toing and throwing, going, yeah. oh no, hang on, God's got this. Oh no, <laughs> you know, God's got this, you know, and so you are have, having to constantly remind yourself, God has this, yeah. and if if you don't find a park, it's for a reason, and God's got this, you know. Yeah. I did find a park; it was just further than what I expected, but yeah. And, and that's what what you're doing there when you talk about that back and forth, and you're like, no, God's got this. That's really the practical illustration of taking your thoughts that's, captive isn't it that's it and yep. it is so hard because it wants your mind wants to jump and you know that's what worry does it occupies your thinking um and it comes from fear and you know as you're trying to trust god that fear is trying to creep in all the time and just steal your peace and you know your mind darts all over the place and yeah that's just what it's about just taking those thoughts captive they will come but just like no hang on and like you say talking to yourself as well talking aloud um is important often as well to just even with you know these scriptures do not be anxious like you tell yourself that you talk it out to yourself um and then what's the you know what he goes on to say then if you you know don't be anxious prayer petition thanksgiving present your request and we've talked before about how you cannot entertain worry and yeah. you know scripture and praying and all that at the same time in your mind they sort of you know mutually exclusive so you can't have both going on it might jump around like you say <laughs> yeah. from one to the other but you know if you just keep like start praying and doing a lot and it's because that's designed to get you to take those thoughts captive and then he says the peace of God then is going to transcend your understanding and that peace of God is that what you were saying it's that realization that floods you of it's not a peace because, well, it's all going to turn out the way you want or, or suddenly the problem vanishes, but it's that peace of God that comes in knowing he has got this. Just like you said there, he's got it under control yeah. no matter what it looks like. Well, it's like, you know, the birds of the air, they don't ever worry about those yeah, sorts of you things. Yeah, you know, you, you don't know, have you don't a nervous breakdown, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, you know, and it also what I was saying earlier about those two little words, that what if, yes. you know, like, um, you know, like I I am sure that everybody listening to this and even you and I can think of a time when we were worried, like I was saying just this morning. But yeah. And it gets exhausting sometimes, you yeah. know, thinking of fear and, and worry. But, you know, everybody goes through it, whether it's something small or something big. And then you think about the thoughts that you have and generally those thoughts come with a what if. Yes. And, um, you know, what if, what if someone comes over and sees my house and it's messy? Or what if, you know, they don't like the way that I make them a cup of tea? Or what if... Um, you know, I'm not addressed appropriately for the situation or what if I lose my job? What if, what if, what if, you know? And those what ifs, if we don't take our thoughts captive, like you said earlier, you know, and and go, no, hang on. So what if? Yes. God 
has got there. That's right. You know? I like that. I, and this has been a huge thing for me over the years, you know, yeah. too. And I still get those what ifs. Like, yep. But, you know, we, we try and um, account for every single you know, Every permutation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if this happens, then I've got this, this strategy. Yeah. And if this happens, I've got this strategy. But, you know, going into things sometimes, I'm, I'm learning more and more to go into a situation and go, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Not what if this happens, what yeah. should I do? Yeah. Because then our minds can go off on little tangents. And, and that's exactly tangent. what yeah. you're talking about. That's what. You know, if we start with the what ifs, we're actually entertaining the worry on and the anxiety, and then we're really yeah. going into sin. Um, yeah, so that's very important. Yeah, so, you know, those verses as well that you talked about, Philippians, being content with in me, you know, if you have stuff and if you don't have it. And again, that goes back to that serving God or money. Yeah. Um, so whether you have, because if, you, if you're not serving money, but you are truly serving God, then regardless of whether you have plenty or whether you are in need, you should still be in the same frame of mind with either situation mm. because your trust and your dependence is on God, you'll be content and not be worrying. Uh, and Paul says he can be content in those situations, whichever one he faces, because he does it through him who strengthens me, because he's got his trust in God and not in whether or not he's got enough money or food to meet his needs. He can be content and at peace because he knows that God is his provision and so it's that deep down knowing, isn't it? Mm. Um you know what you were saying with all the what ifs, you know, like, and, and that's what I've been guilty of as well. Um, a lot of, like you say, trying to work out every possible permutation of what can happen and try and work out a solution because for me then that, like, makes me feel secure if I can handle it all. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I grew up just hearing, if not every single day, in every second day, like, you've got to look after yourself look after number one no one else is going to and you know saying that over and over and over and over to a child although my father would have been misguided and thought that he's helping and preparing us for life that does you know those words spoken in year after year after year um you know it really came to a stage where I had to realize like I had a real problem trusting God Mm. or trusting anybody because you have that sewn into you you know those words that and, and that's where that thinking about every what if and every permutation and then trying to work out so that I'm looking to myself as well for my security and my provision and not actually trusting God. So, yeah, it's really important. Um, Proverbs, I love Proverbs 7 verse, sorry, Proverbs 30 verses 7 to 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And and we see in that, again, to me, that talks back to that you can't serve God in money. So if you've got too much money, the temptation is going to be that, you know, as um, Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 24, to be devoted to one and love the other. And in, in the temptation as well, you can also, you know, be still serving God if you're so consumed with how much you don't have. Mm. I mean, not serving God, serving money. Yeah. And then, you know, you do things that you shouldn't do to get it. And, you know, over across 30 years of ministry, I've, I've come across this time and time again where we've got wealthy people putting their money ahead of God. And, you know, they might not even realise that they're serving their money and, you know, they've often been elected onto positions on church boards and stuff due to the prestige of their money. 
but it becomes very clear when they don't get their own way or find that they're not allowed control that in spite of in spite of their money and then um, you know they big tithers and mission givers etc and and you start to see it coming out in attitudes and behaviors you see what's controlling them and you see the real fruit now obviously there are some people who do have the blessing of wealth and they do use it correctly but you'll see a different spirit a different attitude in mm, them yeah um and, you know, I've had people boast about all the things that they plan to do for God with their money, but never see it happen. And, you know, I had, it was ironic, I had one person boasting to me about how much income tax their business had to pay. Now, they were actually just bragging and in my mind. I mean, and, and you know, with David now, normally it's like the tithing is between the person and God. But I just thought it was ironic that they're trying to brag to impress me. And I'm thinking like, well, we have not seen anything even near resembling a tithe that would even, you know, yeah. remotely. Um, so it was just interesting that, you know, in their bragging, they didn't realise that, you know, I'm sort of seeing what they're serving and where their heart is. Yeah, so. We, we've just recently started doing uh, pocket money for our boys. And um, each week when I give it to them, I remind them that, you know, they have to give a tithe to God. And they're not overly exuberant about it. <laughs> they're like, why? And, and we've been able to explain to them, well, this is what the Bible says and this is how much the Bible says. It's 10%. <laughs> Lucky he's letting you keep all and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, all this money is God's. Yeah. But he's, yeah, exactly. Like we're saying, but this is how much he said you have to give. You can give more if you want to. And they're like, no, no, I think I'll just stick with that. So they, they do get a bit funny about handing it over, but explaining to them, and, and I've even been able to explain to them about times for me and, and for, for Brad, like, you know, when we haven't tithed yeah. and what what comes of of things, you know, we've found that the times that we've thought, oh, we don't have enough money to tithe, so we haven't tithed, yeah. hasn't been too far. We've learnt pretty quickly that it doesn't go. It doesn't go. No, not to tithe. And we, we've had the most like financial difficulties yeah. when we haven't have tithed. Tithe, yeah. And, you know, we've been ex- able to explain that to the boys that, well, it's God's money. So if you're not doing what God's telling you to do, he's not going to bless you, yeah. you know. And so, and and even like teaching them about saving and we're like, well, we're trying to teach you the right way to do things yeah. and this is why we save and things yeah. like that. But but the tithing, they're like, what? Why do we, <laughs> I don't understand. And they're like, do you do this? And we're like. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> but it's not 50 cents. <laughs> no, well, that's good, though, because, uh, you know, we did the same with our son. You train them early. Then yeah. It's not even an issue for them when they grow up. Well, that's they, right. Like, know. we're trying to instill that yeah. in them now. No, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Deuteronomy 8, and this talks to what you're saying about the boys, you know, it's to remind yep. ourselves of who it belongs to. Hey, but this is just talking about, um, it says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have provided this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms this covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you that you will surely be destroyed. So again, you know, that's part of the warning and and making sure you don't try to serve God and money because you can't do both. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 9 to 10 says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I think it's really important there, you know, often people will misquote that. They'll say um, money is the root of all kinds of evil, but it's actually the love of money. Yeah. Because really money in itself is neutral. Yeah. It's again down to man and his it's heart condition it, and what he yeah. does. Yeah, he's loving it and putting it above God. So. And again, that's like the gain, you know, you were saying earlier about money translating to gain. Yes. You know, it's like anything, anything that you yeah. put before God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right, so what things did Jesus specifically? specifically mentioned in verse 25 that we are not to worry about and why do you think he concentrates on these three uh our life food and drink and body and what we'll wear Uh, these are all things that are temporary and they're all things that we get hung up on instead of trusting god for these things plus they're all things that you need money for (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um, and he puts our minds at rest so that we don't have to think about these things and can focus on him. Yep. It, it's funny because, you know, I, I've i got, you know, friends and that often talk about, you know, oh, well, I'm going to get this, but I'm you know, going to buy this outfit for this function and things like that. And it, it kind of seems like a bit of a foreign concept for me now. <laughs> I mean, I don't, because I'm not working, I don't go shopping like I used to. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm kind of like, oh, why are you, why are you spending money on that? So, you know, but you've got enough like, sisters you can borrow from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got friends and family. <laughs> but yeah, like it, 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 it's starting to become a bit more of a foreign concept for me to be spending it on that. But, but there's other things that I spend money on that I probably don't need to be spending money on. Like, you know, I might think, oh, well, I'll go out for coffee here or coffee yeah. there, and you know, it's yeah. not much, but you know. To have a balance, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, because sometimes I'll go through a phase of thinking, "Oh, I shouldn't spend," and it's like, "No, you know what? It's the balance. I'm it not is. putting it first. I'm paying my bills and whatever." So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think Jesus mentioned those as well because, like, as you say, they all require money, and I think that you know, food and clothing, and I would have added shelter as well to that. Those are the things that we consider the most important or our most mm. essential basic needs for survival. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I'd add on a home. And when I worry about things, then it would be these three that are probably the things that, from personal experience, that I would worry about the most, that I would sin about, because let's call it what it is, mm. um, you know, that I do and I have worried over the years the most about. And um, I go down that road of speculation that you were talking about earlier. So, like, if my car, for instance, is broken and... I haven't got the money to fix it. Or even if I have got the money, but let's say I just went out in the morning and it's broken, my head just starts to, I can't go to work, therefore I won't have a job, I'll lose my job, therefore I won't have a house because that's my, you know, and it, yeah. and it ties into my upbringing, I know that. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it's illogical as well, which worry, I guess, mostly is as well because I could find someone else to come and give me a lift to school or I could catch the train. Mm. Um I'm not going to get fired and lose my job because I got to school late on one day or mm. even if I didn't get there at yeah. all. You know, it's, it's not logical, but it's just that that's where I go down to because that is my security. Growing up um, where there were a lot of money worries and things and I had no, you know, there was no security within the family as well with the parents and stuff. And so for me, that's a particular trigger, a weak area that I have to really guard myself that I'll start going down there and looking to, you know... Not necessarily, well, you see again, look, my heart already wants to justify. I was going to say not necessarily the money, 
that for me it has to it would be like well I feel secure financially or if I have my head but it all goes far back to mm. that and, and not having my security in Christ so I've had to really battle that over the years and this Matthew passage in particular has helped me so much. I've had to learn it off by heart because in those early hours, mm. in the dark, you yeah. know, one o'clock in the morning when the worries come, I just have to take my thoughts captive by just quoting that scripture, those scriptures, that whole passage mm. over and over to myself again. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I ever read this, that whole passage about do not worry. I was just like, oh. What a relief. Yeah. I don't have to worry about all these things. You know, what have I been doing nothing. my whole life? Yeah. You know? and, and I mean, I love that. And, and, and it's frustrating talking now from a place right now at this point where, you know, I feel full of faith and everything, you know, we're studying it. But it's just, it's ridiculous that we do. Hey, I know that I will have other times in the future where I'm going to go down that road again and I have to really just take my thoughts captive. But I mean, how awesome that God and Jesus himself, it's not even just... You know, everything in the Bible is from God and totally inspired by the Holy Spirit and I accept it all as God's word. But, you know, there Jesus himself is yeah. saying, do not worry. I mean, how, how yeah. awesome is that, hey? But yeah, how stupid are we that we still go down that road? <laughs> it's our flesh. Disobedient. Yeah. 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 It is the flesh. And that's the thing when you're entertaining, you then stay in the flesh. But where we start trying to actively take our thoughts captive and quote scriptures and stuff, that's where we're trying to walk in the spirit and then we won't, you know, yeah, justify the flesh. So, yeah. All right, well, I think we might end off on that. Okay. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, um, you can get us on www.lifehalfandhalf.net. Thank you. Speak to you.